Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's your boy, the nonprofit sector. Wait for it. Connector coming at you. I came up two flights from the kitchen just below the roof. Where else would I be? But I'm in my attic and I've been in the attic now for like three years. I mean, I come out of the attic. I don't stay in the attic constantly. Anyway, the show is called Philanthropy and Focus. I do it right here from my attic. And I'm a nonprofit sector connector. What is a nonprofit sector connector? Well, it's something I created. I made that up. So, you know, like sort of like a nickname, like, I don't know, maybe like Rich Big Daddy Selgaldo, <laughs> Selgado, who was with me this morning. What's up, Big Daddy? Hey, good morning, Tommy D. How I, I'm doing good, brother. I screwed up your last name. Selgado, right? Selgado, yes, Selgado. sir. That's it. Paisan. So listen, here's the thing. I am a nonprofit sector connector. And I think after watching some of the stuff you're doing, I think you might be a nonprofit sector connector because I like feel like Oprah Winfrey sometimes. You get a car, you get a car, you get a car. The more people I start hanging out with that are philanthropists, that are involved in this work, that are supporting nonprofits, that are business people, that build these strategic relationships with nonprofits, I feel like, you know, by giving myself this nickname, what I was really doing is reflecting a lot of the work I see in the community. So let me tell you all, before Big Daddy and I get into a conversation about the work he does professionally and the work he does philanthropically, what I want to tell you about, what does a week look like for a nonprofit sector connector? So last week, visiting the winter Center for Autism, really special place. Actually, it was, that was this week. That was Monday of this week. My business partner, Ed Probst from Vanguard Benefits, that organization and three other organizations are the finalists in the Long Island Imagine Awards Rising Star category, which we've sponsored now for the last, I guess, four years in a row. So we'll be visiting all four of the uh, the finalists in that category. Uh, last week, I had Horseability with me take a visit to Long Island Alzheimer's and Dementia. I'm a board member of Horseability. So not only is it my passion, but it's also my responsibility to make connections on behalf of the organization. And just the other day, I went to Spirit of Huntington Art Center, where I also sit on the board. And I had uh, Jeremy Tigerman from Tigerman School up in Glencolp here on Long Island come to visit with the, the folks at Spirit of Huntington, Michael Kataka, Michael Kataka is the ED executive director and the team out there, really to see the special work that Spirit of Huntington is doing. So when I really think about my passion and where I want to be, it's it's this. It's supporting nonprofits. It's making connections on behalf of nonprofits. It's spotlighting not only the work that the organizations are doing, but as I said, and Big Daddy and I are going to talk about this today, but it's about the relationships that the business community has with nonprofits, right? We all know this. You've been listening to me for a long time. You know, I say nonprofits change your world only every moment of every day, making an impact on the front lines, whether it be healthcare services, serving folks with home, who are experiencing homelessness or, or mental health issues or food insecurity, right? Or rare disease. These nonprofit leaders and their teams are the ones that are changing the world. And they are businesses, right? But they're nonprofit organizations. So then I always talk about the strategic alliances. And if it wasn't for a relationship that I have, shout out MJ Padone, if it wasn't for MJ bringing me new relationships, you know, it's funny, Rich, I don't know if this happens to you, but when I walk into a room, sometimes people go, Tommy D, you know, everybody. And I, you know what the rooms I like to walk into where I don't know anybody, because those are ones where like my dopamine rush starts to happen. Oh, all these new people, all these new faces, all these new connections. So you and I never met, you know, I've, I've heard of you. I've heard of the work you're doing. I'm excited that you're here with me to talk about the work you're doing, the work you've done. And uh, as two young men, you and me, relatively speaking, I think there's a lot more work to be done. I've made a deal with the universe. I got 50 years of life left at 45. I think 95 is a pretty good number. If I surpass 95, well, then it's a bonus, honestly, at that point. But as much as that seems like a lot of years, it ain't that much time. So there's a lot of work I got to do in 50 years and making an impact. So without any further 
background and shenanigans and Tommy D. Oh, shenanigans. It is the Feast of St. Patrick today, everybody. It is March 17th, if you didn't know that. And it is also my friend Robert Rosner's 72nd birthday down in uh, down in Dunwoody, Georgia. So, Robert, if you're listening, happy birthday. If you're not listening, happy birthday either way. But then happy uh, St. Patrick's Day to all of those. My family is half Irish, my mother's family, although he's this dark hair probably doesn't tell you that. Uh, the last name was Feeney and Cox, C-O-X. Before uh, before my my mom and dad met, so we'll leave it there. Rich, let's get into this. Tell me tell me your story. I, I mean, look, I'm I love nicknames. I used to feel like until somebody, I always introduced myself as Tommy D, and professionally Tommy Demisa. And then it's always I laugh when people go, "Hey, great to meet you, Tom." And I go, "Nope, nope, man, didn't say that. My name is Tommy. You introduce yourself when you call me. Hey, you like take Tommy D. It's Big Daddy. <laughs> so that's your name, man. Tell me that story. You're a football player, Maryland, all this stuff, your relationships. Let's just dive in. Tell me your story, and then we'll get into the philanthropy. All right. Well, the Big Daddy thing came about in 1985, and um, I, I, I walked out. You know, I walked into uh, – a certain area at Maryland football department. And uh, I met a gentleman there and uh, I said to him, I'm lost. I'm here. This is my first time here. So I don't know where I'm going. And I said, man, and he stood up and I said, Whoa, big daddy. He's three twenty five, And he said to me, no, he goes, everyone calls me big Ben. Uh, his name is Ben Jefferson. By okay. the way. And uh, he said, your daddy brought you here. So you're big daddy. <laughs> looking up at him, I said, "You can call me whatever you want." <laughs> what did you say? Six five, three and a quarter, three twenty five. You said, "Big dude, huh?" Oh no, six nine. Six nine, three twenty five. Yeah, that's like a building, right? Yeah, he definitely could block the sun and, uh, <laughs> and the exit. So uh, that's how that nickname came about, and uh, and off we went. And I haven't been able to get rid of it, and I'm stuck with it. You're stuck with it for better or for worse. Yeah, but you know what? I talk a lot about branding, man. And it's a brand. You know, it's a brand. I've seen it in like when you're when you've done golf events and whatever, I've seen the logos and stuff. You know, you capitalize on those brands, right? Yeah. It's uh, you know, we talk about branding all the time. My business partner uh, and colleague, her name is Anzalika, huh? she discusses that with me all the time. Yeah. And branding, branding, rebranding and sure. You know, I was kind of at a at a point where, I guess you you're up top, you go low, and then you're like, well, I got to dig my way out and get back up top. And you know, with her help, I've been doing that. You know, and it's been a you know it's been a work in progress, and it, it gets uh, bigger uh, and better. Yeah, and just kind of build momentum off of that, and. Uh, you know, it's the old saying, uh, motion, commotion creates motion. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. Listen, and I think it's it's like we got to, you know, we got to be moving, right? As long as we're moving, as long as, you know, a friend of mine uh, has this thing that she says, you know, um, it's better to put out a B effort than, than just keep working on the sidelines and never put that A effort out there. Just freaking do something, right? Like we could do it. And I shout this out to my nonprofit friends as well. You know, like we all got to just let's try something. Like I try stuff all the time and oftentimes it doesn't work or it's not the right fit. So we go back and we try again. That's why, you know, if you don't do anything, you can have this great plan sitting on the sidelines and the sidelines talk about sports, but sitting there 
and that's great and it's in this nice little box and you got the binder and the whole thing but if you haven't got out there and tried something what are you doing and you know i think i found that as an adult like um more and more i'm willing to look silly and just try things like i, I i'll tell you a story uh about seven, eight, maybe nine, ten years ago, my friend Valerie and we host another another show. It's called the Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. But my friend Valerie had a, a a business podcast, and it was no video, just audio. And she had asked me to come on the show, and I said no, I, I don't want to do it, and I refused, and I never did it. And then all these years later, I'll tell you why I didn't do it because I thought I would say something silly where I didn't know the answer to something. Now I know most of the things I say, I don't know the answer to, and they're silly and I'll fix them and I'll get better. And, you know, I'll be the best Tommy D I could be, you know, you know, try to be cute about it, but that's what it is, man. I try to tell my kids, you know, take some chances, figure it out. And if it ain't working, we'll do something different. I mean, as an athlete, you know, that's a lot of what you probably grew up doing, right? Well, you know, it's funny um, being an athlete, uh, I grew up in New Hyde Park, so uh, I grew up in Franklin Square. We're neighbors. Are you a Cary guy? Seventh and eighth grade, I went to Cary. I was a public school kid, and then after that, I went to Chaminade. Oh, okay, got yeah. it. Yep. You were a smart young kid. <laughs> I, I think it was smart for my parents to send me to Chaminade. I think that was a good move. I would have made a lot of mistakes earlier in life, bad mistakes, you know. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I grew up in a in a neighborhood that was uh, very athletic very sports was it you know yeah. New Park was not a big school but you know I can remember from seventh grade to 12th grade we averaged probably one division one football player All right. you know Scholarship. yeah and I was one of them as well so right. um so you kind of fell in line with everybody so you played three sports because the school wasn't big enough to have you know like oh you were just a one sport guy and uh, <laughs> i ventured into everything from football basketball lacrosse uh, yeah. i even at one point i was even the scorekeeper for the basketball team and uh and that was a lot of fun because i was with all my friends so right so you hanging out yeah you with the boys yeah my boys and uh but uh, I learned a lot of lessons there, and uh, I learned that you could succeed and be who you want if you put the work, the time, and the work in. You know, I uh, I didn't think I was going to be this great All-American football player or whatnot, and uh, I was fortunate that I, 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 my guidance counselor, when I was a junior, her husband was a, an assistant coach for the Jets, so they both, like, mentored me, and you know, said, listen, get your head out of your ass and yeah. you, know, you have an opportunity here and do something about it. So they recommended I go to prep school and I did that. And then from, I did a postgraduate and then went, you know, I had all these, I had about five scholarship offers and, you know, I chose Maryland and that was great. And so many things came out of just that going to school there because there's people that I still do business with yeah. now that I met back when, you know, so it, let me just stop you for one second. Cause I think that's so poignant. I think people need to realize that these relationships gang, they're for life. You know, you, you know, you can go back to people and connect with people. And, and I think it really goes, I think the biggest thing I'd have to point out there is, you know, listen, we're not always going to do things exactly right. There might be mistakes. And as long as we have open conversations and transparent and, and are communicating with people, right, we can continue these relationships for a long time and, and continue them for a lifetime. You know, I, I do, I say a lot in business, you know, if you and I met in another way and it was a business thing and we were sitting down discussing, you know, uh, I don't know, insurance or networking or whatever, you know, I, 
I'd say, look, you know, you know, Rich, here's the deal. You know, Big Daddy, we're going to have this conversation. This is going to be a 30-year conversation. We're going to break it into 30-minute segments. You know, that sort of thing. We're going to go to game together. We're going to do this. We're going to right. We'll we'll connect with these people. And that's what I think is really important about relationships. And I was saying to you before, um, you know, my my son will give me a hard time. He goes, oh, you know, because we talk about, you said, these are my associates. They're like family. And I said, well, I, I talk about everybody. I'm like, this is my friend. This is my friend. In fact, somebody who we know in common was like, you should introduce me as your colleague, not your friend. And I said, well, but you're my friend, <laughs> you know, but I get what I get what she was saying. And the point of the matter is um, that for me, it's like, I laugh because my son will say, dad, I meet somebody in the neighborhood here. I, you know, the kid's game, the kid's sporting event or whatever. And I'll meet somebody in he goes, what are you going to do, dad? Invite him out for coffee? Because I drink a lot of coffee, but that's what we do. We hang out. You got to get to know each other, build a relationship. So I want to ask you this real quick, because we're going to go to break, but I want to continue that story of Maryland and how really the decisions you made set off this trajectory of your life and your career and your business. But were you, I, I don't know the timelines. So you went down there in 85. When was Boomer down there? Was You came he after was, that? He was before me. He, he was. was. He was already gone and he was gone in 83. Oh, okay, got it. Ready with the Bengals, and uh, I had the, I had gotten there. It was Stan Galbaugh. We had a string of quarterbacks. Stan yeah. Galbaugh, before him, it was Frank Reich. Okay, and uh, you know, I had my roommate Neil O'Donnell. And then you had Scott Zolak and, wow. and Dan Henning Jr. Uh, yeah. That was the good, very, very good quarterbacks, and uh, that went on to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And again, you know, I want to talk about that too. Just the, the, uh, I talked to other athletes over the years who either have made it or have just not gotten there. And then there's like this elite situation where so guys will see other guys and see, wow, I'm good. But like, that's other level good. You know, my, my business partner was a college pitcher, um, at tech, New York tech. And, you know, he just talks about like the difference where, you know, the guys who get to the show and the, and the guys who are just that couple of rungs down, it's it's really night and day in a lot of ways. Right. You've seen that. And New York Tech is good baseball. When I was coming out of high school, you know, they were the they were they were good. I yeah, mean, very good. And I and, you know, I and then I kind of learned about how you didn't have to go to the big pond to be the big fish. Yeah. <laughs> They had some, they had some big fish there. It just wasn't the big pond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. St. John, same thing. Baseball, you know, they were known as a basketball powerhouse, but you know, listen, they, uh, they produced some uh, pro baseball players out of there. So same thing, you know, it's, uh, that's a lesson that I learned early on. Yeah. So I love this. Let's take a quick break. We come back. I want you to keep we're going to go back to Maryland and and talk about even you said you mentioned the prep school thing. I want to hear your just opinion on choices, because it just sounds to me like you made some decisions, you know, kicking the ass or otherwise. Right. From folks around you who cared about you. And it took you in a direction. So can we play around with that? We come back. Does that sound good? Yep, that sounds good. All right. We'll be right back. This is Philanthropy and Focus. Big Daddy's here. Tommy D's here. Right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? 
Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Thank you, Uncle Brendan Levy, my buddy out at the Queen's Chamber of Commerce, lead singer of a band that had a, a, a deal. He had a record deal back in the 90s. Um, they were called The Goods. And as they got older, although they got better, they decided to call themselves Damaged Goods. So instead of The Goods, they're called Damaged Goods. So uh, if you ever need a cool band, you know, Big Daddy, we'll work it out. But it's my buddy, Uncle Brendan. I call him Uncle Brendan, although we... We don't have any uh, uh, family relationships, but he feels like family. Similar to what you said before. Again, we even be- I think we said that stuff before we started the show, but it's about family. It's about relationships. Plus, I, the joke between Uncle Brendan and I is he don't look nothing old, like he don't look anything like me, but he's older than me. And I love him. So I call him uncle. You know, I call him Uncle Brendan. It's like saying Big Daddy. It's love, man. It's all love. So we're back in Maryland. It's the 80s. You know, you've you got there as a as really a, a result from what I'm taking of some some important decisions that could have gone kind of one direction or the other. So let's talk about that because that really influences lives. Well, you know, um, I wasn't the most academic <laughs> student, so uh, it was a decision to either go to junior college mm-hmm. or go to prep school. Okay. You know, when it was time to weigh the facts the prep school route was the better way to go because uh and not to get too technical when you go to junior college you give up eligibility you know right you right a sophomore then you transfer so you got two years left by doing the postgraduate route i was able to not give up eligibility and i was able to put myself in front of some very big schools so let me let me ask you so so prep school so i'm not even familiar with that when i hear prep school i'm thinking like high school that a prep school that's not what you're saying here no it well they had that but it's called postgraduate okay so it's basically like 13th grade all right cool okay and then you, but but then you go to play you know university of pittsburgh you play holy cross okay yeah all these big schools and you get some real decent film against you know some very good athletes so nice. and i'm not saying that the junior college route is not a good way to go but I, I wanted to go away, too, because I was like, look, I'm going to go to Connecticut. I'm not that far away. I was up in Milford, Milford yeah. Academy, 
Okay. Very big, prominent uh, prep school in regards to sports. So I did that. I went away and it gave me um, the chance to kind of mature because I wasn't under my parents' roof any longer. I was kind of, hey, you know, I was doing my own laundry. I was, you know, doing whatever you had to do to survive. Yeah. And that route was a very eye-opening route. Yeah. What I mean by that is... It wasn't like, you know, you come home after practice and you just turn on the TV and you're like, ah, I'll do the homework later. Or I'll just blow it off. No, 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 no. We had days that started at 6 a.m. with conditioning and uh, and special teams. Then breakfast, uh, 7.30 to 8.30, class at 9, done by 12, in the weight room at 1. Or, yeah, done by 12, lunch, then the weight room, then practice, then dinner, then mandatory study hall, 7 to 10 every night, and lights out by 11. And then so, guess, up, guess what? You get to do it all over again tomorrow morning, huh? 6 a.m. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, you know, my coach there is, is a gentleman named Vince Sinagra who, without him, you know, I don't get to the next level. You know, he used to always say, I have the key yeah. to you win. That's awesome. You just have to follow listen and do whatever the hell I tell you to do in nuts in not in uh, not such nice words. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, 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 let me hear it. Big dad, you're cleaning up the language a little bit is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm giving you the G rated version. Uh, but it's not important, man. And that ain't easy. It ain't easy to just say, you know, the, the big thing we hear, whether it be in business or in, in sports is we, you got to be coachable. You got to be coachable. You got to be coachable, right? Because there is some sort of arrogance. I'm I'm sure it happens with young girls and women as much with men and boys. But I feel like, you know, it's like, I know how to do this, man. I got this, man. You know, but like it's it, this humility in that, that you got to take, you got to dial back and go, you know what? This person in front of me has been there, knows how to get there. Shut up, pay attention, listen up and do what they're talking about. Right. Um. In the beginning, I was more afraid than I was listening. So, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, it's kind of funny. You get there and you get this warm, fuzzy uh, barbecue with the parents and the teammates and everything. And all of a sudden, uh, at night, <laughs> something slams the door and starts cursing people out and your teeth. And all that. I'm like, wait a minute. Did I make a, did I make a mistake coming here? But as that last, as that last car is going down the hill and the parents are waving goodbye, then things changed, huh? Exactly. I'm like, let me, uh, I was ready to walk to the train station to tra- uh, take the train all the way back to New York, but uh, with no regrets, probably the greatest, uh, greatest time I ever had, meaning not uh, fun wise, but learning how to be disciplined and to, you know, have a goal and focus. Yeah. And, you know, and if Coach Sinagra is watching this, he's probably chuckling uh, because I remember he sat him and another parent, sat, uh, one of the teammates uh, that I had, um, the between the coach and the father, kind of sat me down and pointed out that look, you have an opportunity of a lifetime, and you have to take advantage of it. If not, all this is wasted, and you're wasting your time and you're wasting mine. I think that really set off a button and then things turned around and then all of a sudden things started working out the way I, I had hoped they had worked out and uh, to coach Sinagra and, and his wife, they were like, uh, besides coach, besides uh, ice is a dictator. 
you know, they were parents too. And, you know, they looked out for every one of us and I couldn't thank them enough. And I, and I still communicate with them and, you know, I have a lot of And That's what we said. Relationships. So how many years were you at Milford Academy? Uh, a year and a half. Year and a half. All right. So you go in there, I'm guessing 18 years old, somewhere, you know, 17, 18 year old. So you come out, maybe you're almost a 20 year old man now. Right. So like, is, is that about right with the math? I was, you're right. Uh, that was the big joke. When I got to Maryland, I was the oldest freshman. I bet you were. Yeah. Cause it just makes sense. But, but I wonder not to put you on the spot, but that's, we're just, you know, we're just kicking in here. But I wonder if, had you got there at 18 instead of 20 or, you know, had not that extra year and a half up in Milford, you know, because you see a lot of these young guys, you know, they, you know, they, they it's an, you get enamored, man. You're, and especially as an athlete, right? You get to campus, you're a superstar. And, or maybe even other kids that come up all the way and been a superstar their whole life since 14, 15 years old. They've been a phenom. You know, that you, that's tough. If you don't have the right people around you, even you, you know, I know you can, and I think this probably goes into some of what you do professionally in the insurance space. You know, even guys make it to the big show, they make it to the NFL, right? They, they're on the field but they're not always prepared and it's a mindset thing. And, you know, we, we see guys, you know, who, who make some poor decisions and whatever, whether it be out off the field or sometimes on the field, do wild things. Um, we need a good circle around us to kind of give us those messages. So did you feel like that changed even the way you went down to Maryland? Had you got, compared to had you gone down there earlier? You're hundred percent right. Um, uh, I was kind of mentally prepared and, I knew uh, that I had to live up to something uh-huh. because I had guys that I went to high school with and that I watched go to big programs, big schools. And then when I went to Milford, you know, there was an expectation there that you came to play ball and you were here for a reason. And, uh, you know, at, we didn't win a lot of games because, you know, you're, you're, you're playing against some really big schools that they've already been, uh, I want to use the word systemized. Okay. You know, they, they're freshmen, they're sophomores, and they've been in their schools programs. They know the offense, the defense, and there's unity, um, more togetherness than, uh, you know, a group of 40 year old, 18 year old, uh, 40, 18 year olds that you're putting together and you're just building an offense and a defense to try to, um, to try to win games and also showcase the players. Right. So, uh, and then, you know, we talk about relationships. So now let's leave Milford. I, I leave Milford. I go to Maryland. Some of my Milford teammates, I still speak to this day. Yeah. Uh, my youngest brother is a college coach. He just uh, just accepted a job at Michigan State. Right. And, um, I had two guys from Milford text me this morning saying, hey, I saw the news. Congrats to your brother. You know, so those relationships that you build – um they're not one day relationships you have to build a foundation and then the relationship keeps going on going on going on going on and you have to put the time and effort to make the relationship work and i'm not saying like you know we got to communicate once a week or whatever but um to answer your question that you had said earlier about going in a room you'd rather go in a room where you don't know anybody than yeah yeah i mean the big joke amongst uh couple of my business colleagues is is there any room that we go in where someone doesn't know you yeah and, and what's the answer uh, and uh, nine out of ten times no yeah i hear you we're, we're uh we're we're 
me and uh, my friend Sam Lehman, who you saw earlier, we're catching a flight and we get on this uh, cart to give us a ride from all the way from the check-in and we're at the last gate. Yeah. We're going through the airport. Two people yell out, big daddy, big daddy. <laughs> I had a, like a pinched nerve, so I couldn't even turn my neck to see who they were. So I just stuck my arm just up. Wave. Like a celebrity, man. You're a celebrity. That's what it is, right? Oh, no, no. <laughs> Listen, I'm a, I'm a fortunate and blessed guy. Love that. Love that humility, though, man. That's so important, you know? Look, the big joke is with me, I did an interview for The Athletic. Uh And, you know, it's a huge publication. So the guy interviews me and he tells me, give me one quote that, you know, would really stick out. And and you're going to laugh when I say this. And he he couldn't believe it. I said, look, I survived a brain aneurysm. I survived divorce. And I survived COVID. So if I could survive those three, God's not ready for me yet. I got work to do. <laughs> Stick around. Stick around for 50 years. I got 50 years, man. We'll work together. We got a lot of things to collaborate on. Just this is a new relationship, but I, I look forward for it being a long relationship, Big Daddy, for sure. Yeah. So uh, when we come back, we are going to take another break. But, oh, my buddy Bert Lurch told me to give you a shout out. Bert saw oh, that. Yeah, Bert's the man. I got yeah. a good chance. I had dinner with him one night. Nice, good man. Good yeah, so he, he's, a, he's a friend. He's a client. He's a great leader in the community. And uh, he actually, I did a, um, actually MJ came out. I did a panel discussion at the Viscardi School here on Long Island with five different leaders and nonprofits about two, three weeks ago, and Bert leads that organization, the Health and Business Alliance. But you put something on Instagram, Bert texted me or, or I don't know, replied back and was like, yo, tell Big Daddy I said hello to the whole thing. So just how it all goes, man. We're all connected. We come back. I want to do this. I want to I want to kind of shift this into what you do professionally, business-wise, and then how that has transitioned into, you know, utilizing this big name. And I'll, I'll say this celebrity type, you know, appeal to to leverage that celebrity, that that access, that relationships to help and support nonprofits. Does that sound good? Sounds like a plan. We are right back. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. 
I mean, but like literally don't literally join my son. My younger son always says everything is literally don't literally join me in my attic. There ain't enough room for all of us up here. But you know what? Join me on the social media. Check us out on Facebook. Talk radio dot NYC philanthropy and focus. Just Google philanthropy and focus. Focus is spelled with a P H in the front. Well, it is in the attic and it is in everything I write. Um, although when I write it sometimes, you know, like Word and Outlook, they try to correct the spelling. Stop trying to do that, Microsoft. It's P-H-O-C-U-S. If you want to get me, Tommy D at Philanthropy and Focus is email. And then on the Instagram and uh, also on TikTok, Tommy D.NYC. Rich Big Daddy Selgado. Though. So why do I keep adding an extra L? Selgado. Tommy D. Selgado. Selgado. Rich Big Daddy Selgado in the attic, virtually in the attic with your boy Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector. I'm going to get that nickname. I'm going to get the last name before. I'm just going to call you Big Daddy. Forget it. Forget the last name. Big Daddy. But Rich is with me. We're talking about business. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about philanthropy. So I want to know what you do. I know you have a background in in working with the players. So can we st- start that and then some of the other ventures you're in? And let's get that into philanthropy, please, Rich. Yeah. Uh, real, well, listen, uh, every, it's well documented, you know. I've been in this business 30 years. I'm in the uh, insurance business. We handle insurance for, uh, we handle, we do insurance in regard and in, in three different ways. And what I mean by that is we're in the life insurance sector. We're in the uh, injury uh, protection sector. And we're also the business sector. Mm-hmm. So uh, the sexy part is all the athletes, you yeah. know, we do a lot of disability insurance for our athletes. We, uh, you know, you name them. We've had Heisman Trophy winners. We've had Rookie of the Years. We've Super Bowl champ. I mean, we've done it all, A to Z. And that all starts with college kids that, co- and then they come into the next level. So that's a big. That's probably sixty-five percent of my business. Where did that? Was that? Was there? There's got to be a story there. You saw an, an opportunity, or you saw a lack of service for these guys. What? What was that? Well, it was funny, a high school teammate of mine, he was in the insurance business first, and he knew I knew how to speak and communicate and have relationships and whatnot. And it's funny, we don't have enough time to get into the whole thing, but I used to live in Pittsburgh with my old roommate from college, which was Neil O'Donnell. Uh While he was a Steelers quarterback, and I was kind of there, and the big joke is I was always saying that I was his valet or his (laughs) driver. Yeah. And uh, and then I got into working with two big prominent agents, Ralph Sindridge, who was a football agent, okay. and Tom Rich, who was a hockey agent, baseball. Okay. Well, through Tom Rich and his nephew Steve Rich, I met Ralph Sindridge. Okay. So I was like called it's it's called bird dogging. So you're yeah, like sure. yeah yeah yeah. I know what it means, but tell everybody else what it means. Oh, bird dogging is is like Tommy D's the agent. I work for Tommy D. I get the players assigned with Tommy D, and we build this big business. Yeah, so, and you're the guy that gets you. You make it happen, like a rainmaker. You know, you might not take the business all the way through, but you're the guy who's out there schmoozing, making it happen, right? So I did that, and uh, and then um, you know I became friends with a, uh, you know probably the most powerful athlete in the city of Pittsburgh, which was Mario Lemieux. 
So uh, Mario and I, to this day, we still know. Super Mario, man. You keep in touch with him? Uh, I haven't talked to him in a minute. You know, he's yeah. been busy. So he's finally sold his team. So, uh, you know, I don't know what he's up to, but I got to catch up with him. Always a first-class guy. He, yeah. he was kind of the first athlete that I was really in awe of because right. he was like – I, I don't know how you say this or put this in the right format, but he was kind of like, I don't know, you know, Jordan-ish, you know. So like, just like at like like at a different level, a different level, like, right? Like the elite, the elite of like there's that other up like upper echelon, right? Isn't that what they say? Yeah, he was definitely that. And then yeah. you know what happened was all of a sudden my friend comes in the picture and he says to me, "Hey, you should do this, blah blah blah." So I get into the insurance game. And the big joke was, anytime I was around the hockey players or with Mario, was uh, that must be Mario's bodyguard because you know, <laughs> I was bigger than everybody. Right. And, uh, no, I I would I said to one guy jokingly, I said I'm in the insurance business. He goes, really? I said, yeah. And he goes, all right. Well, look at mine. So I did first. I was uh, I got started in hockey before I did football. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people that they were like why are you so in tune with hockey? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Where That's the story. That's how it happened for you, though. It started I had, there. I had 20 hockey players before I had one football. Wow. You know, and then, you know, between the relationships that I made there, I they crossed over to football because now I'm living in Pittsburgh and then I'm meeting Steelers. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I moved back to New York and I had all the – the inroads to get into so many different places. Were they not like, did they all like I, I, disability? I think is a big one, right? DI disability. Yeah, insurance. Was, was did yeah. they not have it? Did they not just again, not to say across the board to paint it with one broad brush, but you know, a lot of, you were doing a lot of education, I'm assuming, right. Where these, maybe yeah. these guys didn't know. Well, the hockey guys were more in tune than the football guys. Okay. Believe it or not. Uh, the hockey guys are, they were more, they would give you more of a listen mm. where a lot of the football guys, and, and, you know, I know this from being in that world, you know, some of them, they all, they all have that, I'm Tarzan, I don't get hurt, I don't know any of those things, but. You just said it two minutes ago. You told me, you know, God's not ready for you. You're beating everything. So that's, that's that bravado, that attitude, right? I used to joke around. I would be like, see, I got this big scar here. I go, you know what that's from? That's not a beauty mark. That is from being almost dead you know, or dying and uh, catching something yeah. in my life. So, right. and me, I was, you know, carefree. I didn't really, you know, I worked out, I did whatever, but you don't expect it. So you have to think the same way. Now, where this really came into play currently was when DeMar Hamlin on the Bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother was his coach. Is that right? So that really hit home for us. He was, uh, he was his coach while he's on the Bills, or in on the Bills. Yeah, no kidding. So, so a couple of weeks ago, I had my friend on the show, Melinda Murray Nyack. Her son um, uh, Dominic passed away at 17 years old playing basketball at Farmingdale here on the island. Sudden cardiac arrest. She was the first person I thought about that Monday night on you know, and she's come back on Philanthropy and Focus to talk about that because you know that sudden cardiac arrest. It's not a rare thing. It happens, man. Right? But you're saying in this case, it really came up for it became guys are thinking about it again. Families are thinking about it, right? Yeah, it came up, and you know, I, I, the one thing I would never do is disrespect someone. Right, of course, use that as an angle as a, a selling tool. Right. That is something that I've gone through four times in my career 
where I had a client who was killed. I had one that, yeah, two of them that were, uh, one of them was killed. One of them wasn't a client who was killed. And then you had another one. And I've had two clients that have been injured very badly. So things like that are like, you know, a deer in headlights. Yeah. All of a sudden, boom, you know, it opens Life you up. You know, and you're like saying, wow, I got to think of this stuff. And uh, I got to make sure I'm prepared. So, uh, you know, and I've done a lot of one-on-ones. I've traveled from New York to Alaska. Yeah. Wow. To, to have meetings with clients and whatnot. And I have clients in Alaska. So I've been everywhere, done everything. And, you know, um, getting back to the relationship part yeah. of things, you know, it's, I started in insurance. Then all of a sudden I find myself in TV. You okay. Know? get uh i get asked to help somebody with some uh booking and all of a sudden i book some pretty big talent at fox business news okay then i i uh i i get the chance to meet uh a big wig over at fox news and they say to me you should be on this side of the fence on the you mean on screen on camera on camera yes uh, i started working with Fox and Friends. Okay. And I'm there, a Super Bowl correspondent, and I'm running around, and you would die laughing because the same guys I'm doing business with, yeah. now I'm putting a mic in their face, and the first thing is like, Big Daddy, what are you doing with a mic? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and God bless his soul, Tony Saragusa, very oh. good friend of mine, and, yeah. you know, I interviewed him one time, and it was hilarious. I'm and, sure you were cracking up because you're buddies, right? And now you're going to interview me? Really? That's funny. No, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I, and then, you know, I was building a portfolio there because here I was, I was a guy with access, had relationships. Um, and to this day, I have some of my best relationships at Fox, Sean Hannity. Yeah. We have breakfast uh, every other month or once a month. Uh, and I look up to him, you know, Bill Hemmer. He's the main guy at 9 a.m. Yeah. Brian Kilmeade, my TV mentor. That's wow. what I tell him because I, awesome. I was doing a lot of stuff with Brian and we talked to this day and, you know, I know Ainsley Earhart very well, Steve Ducey. I know the whole, all the, awesome. a lot of production people there. So, uh, and there's other relationships at Fox that I have that allow me to, you know, share who I am, what I do, and also provide information that, or guests that they may never be able to get. You know, so so it's a it's one of those win win wins, you know, for right. So it's good for you, it's good for your clients, it's good for the network, right? It's good, but it, so I want to know how we're going to take a quick break. We come back to last segment. I want to know how that is an extra win and what it's when you started getting involved with philanthropy, when you started getting involved with these. You know, I know you have the you you do a big golf outing every year, right? Big daddy outing. I want to hear about that. I want to, you know, I I jotted down some some names that MJ had given me. Um, Kids Need More, the Long Island Children's Museum. Uh, I think there's another, I got to look at my text message from MJ, um, North Shore LIJ Marine Aneurysm Center, obviously, because that's, a, excuse me, because <clears throat> that's something you experienced in your own life, as you just shared with us. So we come back, I want to hear about that. How do you make an impact to these nonprofits? So we'll do that. And then before you know it, I told you when we talked yesterday, we were going to run out of time way before we ran out of words. I knew that with the two of us for sure. And we're just beginning this relationship. So we will be right back. Philanthropy and Focus, Big Daddy and Tommy D. 
Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. I tell you this, gang, I tell you this all the time, a nonprofit sector connector, relationships, strategic alliances, for-profits must support the nonprofit sector. It's critical to business. It's critical. We talk about corporate social responsibility. We talk about, you know, there's this whole thing about they they say the millennials are so concerned about, you know, I want to go work for a company that's, that's thoughtful about giving back. I think that's, we're all supposed to be there. We're all supposed to be changing this world, making it a better place together. And it takes those with access, relationships, and resources you know we talk time treasure talent but that talent is always important the time is always important but we all know treasure right so when organizations and businesses can support nonprofits we know that's best so rich tell me about that tell me about where where was the turn for you when you know or or maybe it was there the whole time when you realized how much opportunity there was for you to make an impact to these organizations well what happened was you know having clients uh high profile clients like i do you know, they were all doing fundraisers. And, uh, and then I'll never forget one of my buddies said to me, you know, um, you should do this. And I was like, well, where do I begin? You know, like, I'm not really in tune with this. And, and then it was funny, I got a call from my doctor. Uh, His name is Dr. David Chaliff, who did my surgery on my brain. And he didn't clean it out, but uh, he kept me alive. And uh, he didn't make me smarter, but like I said, he kept me alive. (laughs) Hey, listen, you know what? You got to take what you can get sometimes, right? Yeah, Life's uh, I, I, look, I, I, I'm grateful. So uh, he said to me, he goes, come up to the hospital. And I went up there and I went to uh, an event where they had all these kids, different ages and, you know, uh, young adults. And what killed me was to watch a kid that was nine years old have the same scar in their head like I did. And, uh, you know, there was some stuff that was probably outdated and, you know, needed to be uh, 
updated in regards to, you know, like toys and TVs and all this stuff for kids. So I was like, all right, I got it. I found what I want to do. And uh, let's just, let's put this golf outing together. And uh, we decided to raise money for North Shore LIJ. And, uh, and we put it together in four months, which was crazy. I mean, but to have the talent that we had there, you know, we had Michael Strand, Mike Tyson, Jason Kidd. I mean, it, Justin Tuck, it was a who's who for something that we put together real quick, fast. Yeah, but that means, but why does that work? Let's be honest. Let's underscore that. That's relationships. That's yeah. you. Yeah, That's yeah. you, what you've done for these folks over the years. They love you. They care about you. Big Daddy's doing something. I'm in, right? That sort of thing. Yeah, and it's uh, well documented in some of the videos that are on YouTube that show the people that came and supported and commented and then and then we shifted to year two where we did uh, Long Island Children's Museum and then year three was St. Jude. And that was the big one because yeah. that one brought out everybody. Yeah. And uh, you talk about relationships. I was able to even have Fox and Friends on site two wow. years in a row. Wow. Now you get national or international exposure on what you're doing. That's big. Yeah. It's huge. And uh you know, they've been great supporters of ours and, uh, you know, having me on. And we had uh, one time I did an interview about the golf outing with Robert Davi, the actor from Goonies, who's yeah. a Islander. And, uh, yeah. you know, so we've uh, we've done a good job with that. And again, that's relationship based. It's, you know, you see this drink right here. What is that? It's uh, it's called LXR, Super LXR. OK, it's uh, it's made by Arizona Iced Tea. Sure. You know, they are big supporters of uh, my golf outing, my football camp. Uh, you know, Don Voltaggio, the founder and CEO, one of the most generous people you ever meet, uh, supports us uh, in so many ways. And I can never thank him enough. And I actually drink these. And you what, know, is, I, it a, is it energy? Is it an after workout? It's what is after, it's a hydration drink. So I, got it. I, I have one in the, my bag and... Yeah. Uh, you know, after getting a good workout in, I pop one in, man. And so, uh, you know, and they're great about it. And, you know, their water and this are my two main go-tos. Everything else, you know, I try to avoid because, you know, you don't need it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, or I do unsweetened because they have so many different versions. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, you know what's funny about them? I never understood how they're able to sell that can of iced tea for 99 cents. It's been 99 cents for like 30 years, that can, that big old can of iced tea. Oh, hey, I, I'll tell you, I sat down with him and I learned a lot about how their business operates, yeah. how they started and where they started. And he is a marketing genius. Yeah, huh? It's awesome. And that can is the best marketing tool that I, I if there's something better than that, I need to see it because yeah, yeah it's it's pretty wild. I, I wanna I'd love to meet him and hear that story too. We don't have time for it today with you and me, but I'd love to because I it's one of those things. It's 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 right there, it's ubiquitous. You're always gonna see that ninety nine cent can of the Arizona iced tea. Uh, I hear you with the sweet drinks too, man. I drink too many of the sweet drinks myself. I got a, I got a sweet, to a sweet tooth, man. I ate a, a box of pinoli cookies with my father-in-law yesterday. We were driving somewhere. We went, I don't know if you know which the pinolis with the pine nuts on top. Oh, listen, do you know one of my dearest friends owns Cardinale Bakery? Oh, I love Cardinale. Oh my God. For my 30th birthday, I got a cannoli cake from them. Uh, you know, this is 15 years ago now, but, but I, I love down in Westbury, uh, Cold Place really, right? 
Westbury Avenue. Westbury Avenue and Complex. Yeah. I love it. I'll have to go there together. Have some cookies. Oh, my God. That's like my second office. Uh, <laughs> but I have to stay out of the bakery side. I try to sit on the Morrow Cafe, which is next door. Yeah. It's dangerous. Door. It's dangerous in the bakery, man. I'm telling you. You know, I was I was going cookie for cookie with my father-in-law in the car yesterday. Like, we had him in the – we were driving out, and I would watch – if he had another one, I'd have another one. We we knocked up about 20 cookies just on, on a 40-minute drive. You got to put them in the back seat. I had a, <laughs> it's crazy, man. So how, what's the future for the for the golf outing? What's the future for, for your own philanthropy? I mean, is there certain – do you have a target of, like, who you want to support next? What's – like, how do we support you? How do, who do you want to meet? Things like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, this year, uh, the golf outing is on Monday, June 26th at Ohika Castle. Uh, we have a website, which is www.bigdaddies, with an S, golfclassic.com. And we are supporting St. Jude. Okay. And we are also supporting the Share Women's Empowerment Group. And uh, that's another, uh, you know, I can make the introduction there. You can have a chat with their CEO and founder. and. Uh, so those are the two we are uh, supporting this year. And uh, as far as going forward, you know, uh, 30 years ago, I just wanted to be an insurance guy. All right. That's it. I wanted to be the best I could be at that and, and do that. Well, opportunities arise every day. It's like you sit back and you look at offers, you look at things. Um, you know, the one thing that I, I got involved with that, uh, Two things. I happen to be a chief communications officer for a mobile fueling electric vehicle charging company, which is called Gas It Up, Charge It Up. And, uh, you know, we're a minority-owned business, so we help companies with fuel. We deliver fuel. We help with pricing. And soon we will be doing charging at different facilities, different stations. This conversation would take us into a whole nother. Oh, and, and, it, and you know what it is? Here's the deal. Let's just do another show about that because I'm thinking as I, because this is, because if I can help you with that, right, and I can make connections for you with, you know, let's just, let me just say something. The Queen's Chamber of Commerce, Tom Gretsch comes from the energy world. I don't know if you know Tom Gretsch and Brendan at the Chamber, good buddies of mine. Um they have they have an energy committee at the Chamber. So if I'm able to connect you to them and that yeah, just, right, what's, do you know them already or no? No, I do not. So, uh, so we'll do that. But if that just that just strengthens the relationship, and then if that if that impacts you to be able to give back more, whatever, man. Like that's this that's what this is all about. That's what we're doing. It's like you know, I had the great honor and distinction of having a day named after me by Nassau County last week, and you know, one of the things that we plan to do is open up a gas it up office here in Nassau County. Yep. Provide our fuel services and also provide jobs. Love it. You need to hire people. I love that. So want to, you know, uh, help people with pricing and 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 the delivery of fuel. And there's so many things. And we have a foundation there as well, the Gas It Up Foundation. So okay. there's many, there's so many things to discuss. And um, you know, I uh, I'm a part of all these things. And you know, we're also involved in real estate. You uh -huh. know, we do things. The gentleman that you met earlier before. Uh, before we went on, yeah. there are friends of mine that I do business with. And right. It's called Wealthway. Okay. You know, it's uh, if you go to, you Google www.samliebman.com, -E read about him, learn about him, 
and you'll learn how real estate really should be bought if ever sold and and he's a cpa by trade so i'm diversifying yeah because i don't want to be boring in one thing i want to be good at several things i love it the renaissance man look i i think like i got recently i share this because i think it's good to share because but i got the adhd diagnosis not too long ago and i realized what why i'm always looking for more things and i want to touch and feel and try this and try that so i hear where you're coming from i'm not saying you got adhd i'm saying no, I got- no, you, that's called uh someone told me one time and said they call that professional ADHD. Yeah, I think I got that. I got that. My, you know, my wife would say he's got a lot of piles of paper and companies he didn't close that he was supposed to close, but that's a whole other discussion. You got the same piles. <laughs> that's why nobody really comes to the attic in real life. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I try to, you know, let's meet for coffee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't want to host this meeting. Let's go somewhere. So look, let's we got to leave it there. The show, that's how the show goes. We always run out of time. But I, I mean, such a wealth of information, relationships, you shout it out. Shout out to Sam Liebman. I look forward to meeting you, Sam, in, in real life as well. Um, you, you have the couple organizations, the Share Women's Empowerment Group, and and then obviously St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Uh, June, give me the date real quick before we go. June Monday, June 26th. Monday, June 26th, right out here on Long Island uh, at Jericho Turnpike, Okeka Castle, which is a really, really special place. One of the old, you know, uh, robber baron type mansions here on the island, right? So look, Big Daddy, great to meet you, man. Look forward to connecting with you in person real soon. MJ, I know you're listening. Appreciate the relationships we have. PR. You know what I call? I call her the queen of PR. Queen of PR, MJ Padone. And I'll be with MJ actually Tuesday in uh, in New York City for an organization, a a veterans organization um, in, uh, I think it's Ben and Jack's Steakhouse on Tuesday. So, you know, just getting out there, making the connections. I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate getting to know you. And- um, I, I let's just let's just make the world a better place. Maybe I'm, uh, I'm going to see if I'm in town. Maybe I'll meet you guys. At uh, we'll be there. I will come in. It's going to be these veterans and they're going to have it's all about they raise money for dogs and they teach these veterans uh, transcendental meditation for the PTSD and really special stuff. So my buddy Steve Fry is coming up at 11 o'clock. I'm keeping you guys from him on this on the network here. So I got to leave it there. Big Daddy, appreciate you. Everybody appreciate you listening in. Make it a great day. See you next all week. Right, you too, man. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 